What I really want to do is, is talk about the, the racism and the hatred and the bigotry that, that I have fought so long and hard for. <laughs> He's fought long and hard for racism and, and bigotry. And uh, Democrat governor and Klansman Ralph Northam. He'll uh, beat the baby to death with a meat tenderizer after it's born if it survives the, the procedure. You know, it's a minor procedure. Well, happy Friday to you, and you are in hour number three. Your crazy, racist, insane, sexist, sexually perverted Democrat party, which is not only pro-Hamas, but now pro-Houthi rebel, anti-Semites, anti-Israel, anti-American, anti-secure border, anti-capitalist, you know, the Democrat Party. Had a story uh, we did last night on my Newsmax program, 10 p.m. Eastern on Newsmax, The Right Squad. A crazy story uh, out of Johns Hopkins University and their big medical facility there in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, But they're not alone in being racist and sexist and bigoted. Um, although they're proud of it. They're, they're the left, and they are all of those things. But um, Megyn Kelly, actually, you remember Megyn Kelly posted a, a something, and Megyn on, uh, on her ex uh, account, disgusting racists, she labeled it, and wokeness, and wokeness. Got a hold of a pretty crazy one, an internal memo sent to staff and teachers at a Denver public school. It's actually the public school system. It's the Black Excellence Pledge. The Black Excellence Pledge is what they call it. And they're racists because they're leftists, and all leftists are racists. They claim that they're not, but all leftists lie all the time. Now, the uh, Department of Public Schools, the Denver Public Schools, believe it's the belief in and commitment to black excellence from the Denver Public Schools. Our superintendent and the senior leadership team stands with the board as we take action and speak about our commitment to justice and support our black and African-American students. Black is capitalized, African-American capitalized. Equity starts from the top. You might say it starts at the top, but and equity, it's equity. Equity is not equality. Equity is different. We have outlined below an acknowledgement of harm that has been done, we believe, is foundational to change, change and equity, all these uh, buzzwords that the radical left uses, and uh, you know, then they turn your boys into girls and your girls into boys. And what we commit to do now and for years to come because we know one message, one statement, one training will not undo years of harm, trauma, and racism. Well, you can start by uh, stop being racists. How about that? If we take action now for our black students, black is capitalized, leaders and educators, we will achieve our vision. They have a vision to ensure all students succeed. They capitalized all, which is kind of weird, but never mind that. And they have to acknowledge and then believe and then will do. And they have pages of a grid pattern that they've set up 
And you have to acknowledge institutional racism exists in Denver public schools and at all levels, they say. And then you have to believe. That's what you have to acknowledge. Then you have to believe. All educators need to deeply understand white supremacy, white privilege, and the prevalence and deep harm whiteness brings to students and team members. By the way, I noted that they capitalized black and African-American all the place because they did not capitalize white in any of these references here because they're racists, you see. The Democrats have made anti-white racism perfectly mainstream. In fact, you must be a white racist, an anti-white racist, otherwise you're a bad person. And and this, uh, this thing goes on and on. They, you must acknowledge we have not been supportive enough of our black capitalized leaders, capitalized, and educators. And then what uh, they must believe is that black lives matter. And then send a check to Planned Parenthood, which uh, leads the charge on exterminating 400 out of every 1,000 African-American pregnancies. And then they, uh, they say, we have not uplifted, you must acknowledge, we have not uplifted acknowledged and honored the voices of our black students, black capitalized students, capitalized. And then you must uh, you must uh, declare, you must believe. Black voices matter. Now, this is for the students, for the teachers, for everybody. It's uh, quite extraordinary what they've done here. And it goes on and on about, you know, white people and white privilege and how terrible white people are and all this stuff. And uh, guilty of something. If you're white by virtue of your race, this is critical race theory in print, right? And the Denver Public Schools belief in commitment and black excellence. They, uh, if you believe all lives matter, it says, we say to you, for all lives to matter, we must commit to black lives matter, which is a radical left-wing shakedown operation that has taken in billions of dollars in scams and bought mansions all over the place and haven't done anything to save a single black life. But never mind that. Because they don't really believe black. Now, but wait a minute. If you say all lives matter, you must first acknowledge and commit to black lives matter. Well, if you believe all lives matter, black lives are lives. Therefore, you believe that black lives matter. Because you believe that all lives matter. But in the mind of the left, the tortured insanity of the left, it's just uh, this is them. And, And if you believe focusing on black students means that other students will not get what they need, it's not a zero-sum game, they say. Well, then why are you prioritizing one race race and demonizing another race? And if you believe I'm not racist, as Robin DeAngelo, author, tells us, it is not if you are racist, but how you are racist. See, they're teaching the students and the teachers that you are racist. It's not a matter of if you're racist, you are racist. It's just a matter of how you're racist, you see. We will perpetuate racist ideologies if you believe you're not a racist. Then you will perpetuate racist ideologies, policies, and practices in some way and must work tirelessly in our efforts to be anti-racist. All right, well, then you're fired because if we're going to be anti-racist, let's get rid of you. You're a leading racist. Now, because they're insane in more than one way, let's go to the Seattle school system. Seattle teacher told students identifying as straight is offensive. Why do you think that would be, that identifying as straight? You think maybe the uh, 
I'm not sure, but is the is the teacher maybe not straight? I'm just trying to trying to figure that out because I can't I can't quite uh, figure. And he's got a uh, matrix. This uh, teacher does. He's got a matrix that that says that he, he he gives you a piece of paper, the students a piece of paper, and tells the people to the wheel of it's like the wheel of disfortune of of, of bad fortune, uh, and they they. Uh, require the students to to fill out a the wheel and uh, say how you identify you know if you're white if you're this if you're that um, and if you identify as straight then you're an oppressor you're a terrible person you're an awful person you shouldn't be allowed to to you know live on this planet because you identify as straight and that's not allowed that's bad if you identify as straight. See? See how that goes? This is the left. This is the Democrat Party. This is the uh, the educational system, the teachers' union. Uh-uh-uh-uh. Right, and, I'm a bigot, you know, but for the left. Exactly. I'm a bigot, but for the left. Um, that is uh, pretty crazy. Your teachers telling kids that they're racist. That's uh, Colorado. Your teacher is telling kids that if they're straight, that is bad, and you are an evildoer because how dare you? Uh, and uh, why do you think that is? Why would you tell young boys, and we're talking about like a 10th grade classroom and yada, yada, um, high school, the parents complained, and they're going to get nowhere with it because the teacher's union and the the teachers are telling students that being straight is bad. Being white is bad. I think it's time we took away electricity. Jason Rance in Seattle, um, who is a lot of fun, talk show host, and he's great. Seattle teacher told students identifying straight is offensive. It's offensive. You can't identify as straight. 10th grade ethics studies world history teacher self-identified communists Ian Golosh asked students to complete a social identity wheel worksheet, which is being used all over the country, by the way. And uh, parents who had asked for anonymity because the communist is insane and they're everywhere, they're completely crazy, these people, the parents of 15-year-old son labeled himself as straight. Golosh took issue, the self-identified communist teacher who should be fired today. He took issue with that word because it implies that to not be straight is considered to be crooked. They use the words, but they don't know what they mean, which could have a negative connotation. Yeah, that's probably what's going on here. The student's mother shared the email thread with Jason Rance and his radio show, KTTH. And uh, the mother complains that uh, Golosh, the communist teacher, is demonizing her son for being straight, for identifying as straight. And in Colorado, if you identify as white, you're a racist. This is a very sinister plot by the American left which is unfurling before our very eyes. So he takes offense with the use of the word straight, 
Uh, that makes you bad. It implies something that it doesn't imply because he's a teacher, but he doesn't know what words mean, and he couldn't be more corrupt. Now, let's go to uh, Baltimore because Johns Hopkins University Medical School diversity chief. They have a chief diversity, what is it, officer? They love those martial terms, those Soviet terms. Johns Hopkins diversity chief labels whites, males, and Christians as privileged. I read this and it made me very happy, actually. Uh, It's pretty great. The diversity chief, they got a lot of other diversity people, but she's the chief at Johns Hopkins Medical, Johns Hopkins Medicine, their medical center, sent a monthly diversity digest. She sends the monthly diversity digest by email uh, to staff with a uh, letter that declared that white people, Christians, and men are privileged. Dr. Sharita Hill Golden, chief diversity officer. That means they have other diversity officers, but she's the chief diversity officer. This is the Soviet Union. For the hospital system at Johns Hopkins, also included heterosexuals and English speakers as privileged people. In fact, it's almost hilarious. And wokeness was on the case again. Johns Hopkins just sent out this hit list of people automatically guilty of privilege, whether they know it or not. And I love this because I'm every one of these. And I couldn't feel more privileged and happier about it, really. And if you guys don't stop complaining... We're going to take away phone coverage where you are, you know, cell phone coverage and electricity and no airplanes for you either. All right. Now, here it is. You're privileged if, and this is from the chief diversity officer, you are privileged. And, and it's, oh, by the way, it is the, the diversity word of the month in her email is privileged. And then she listed all the people that are privileged and therefore should be discriminated against. These people include males. I'm definitely male. Whites, I'm mostly white. Christians, I'm definitely Christian. Middle-aged people, I qualify as middle-aged. Able-bodied people, boy, am I able-bodied. It's amazing how able-bodied I am. Middle and owning class, I'm at least middle class. Owning class, I I own a car, so I got that. And English-speaking people, English-speaking people. These are the people that are guilty of privilege. You're privileged and therefore your privilege must be taken away. You're automatically privileged if you're white, able-bodied, heterosexual, heterosexual. Hey, wait, I wasn't that wasn't on this list over here. They left that out over here. I'm definitely heterosexual. White people, that's me. Able-bodied, that's me. Heterosexuals, that's me. Cisgender. Hey, these other guys left out some of the key. This is from her actual memo. People that are privileged Identity groups, she calls these social identity groups. White people, able-bodied people, heterosexuals, cisgender people, males, Christians, middle or owning class, middle-aged people, English-speaking people. I'm all of those. I feel better about myself now than I've felt in years. This is great. Man, you guys, just be glad you could hang with me. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Ah, yes. Yeah, the chief diversity officer. Is that really an appropriate use of the word officer? In the monthly diversity digest, declares privilege to be the diversity word of the month. Privilege, she says, is a set of unearned benefits given to people who are in a specific social group. Privilege operates on personal, interpersonal, cultural, and institutional levels, and it provides advantage and favors to members of dominant groups at the expense of members of other groups. This is the old uh, fat guy and a skinny guy standing on a corner, and the liberal concludes that the fat guy got fat uh, by stealing food from the skinny guy, See, and because the skinny guy is the victim and the fat guy is the victimizer. This is a mental illness, and it's mainstream left-wing thought, and therefore mainstream Democrat Party thought. In the United States, privilege is granted to people who have membership in one or more of these social identity groups. Well, you're the chief diversity officer at Johns Hopkins University Medical Center. Isn't that kind of privileged? And people who have this unearned privilege are me, really me. It's kind of me to a T. It's great. White people, able-bodied people, heterosexuals, cisgendered people, males. Um, is heterosexual and cisgender, is there, uh, Michael and I were wondering, is there any uh, conflict or redundancy there? I'm not sure. We'll have to ask a leftist. Also, males, Christians, middle class or owning class people, middle-aged people, are privileged. Middle-aged people are privileged. English-speaking people are privileged. Uh, not in Spain. No? Not in uh, a lot of places. But never mind. Oh, it's here in the United States. Elon Musk weighed in on this. Elon Musk uh, tweeted back, and Donald Trump Jr. T- did too. Elon Musk uh, uh, posted back, this must end. This must end. That's a fact. Donald Trump Jr. also jumped on it and and gave him a little what's what. What in the hell's diversity? Well, I I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. I think that's right. Isn't that correct? An old wooden ship. Now, the chief diversity officer at Johns Hopkins yesterday was forced to disavow. That's actually the word that they used, like uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty amazing stuff. She, uh, this uh, radical leftist, uh, you know, I guess this is a list of, of people that she hates or resents. And uh, I don't think she's going to like me. 
uh, white people, able-bodied people, heterosexuals, cisgendered people, males, Christians, middle class or owning class people. That's not a turn of phrase that anyone uses anywhere. Middle-aged people. How is it a privilege to be middle-aged, that you didn't die before you reached middle age? Is that, is that what it is? English-speaking people. Yeah, it's pretty good, I got to say. You know, I go to sleep happy, I wake up happy. I don't think it's got everything to do with that, but she is a, uh, she's a crazy one, the chief diversity officer, and she had to retract and claim that her definition of the word privilege was inappropriate, and she put out a statement, I assume, at the university's request after everyone mocked them and laughed at them and ridiculed them and called them racist and stuff. And she wrote, the newsletter included a definition of the word privilege, which, upon reflection, I deeply regret she didn't reflect before she put out the monthly diversity newsletter. The intent of the newsletter is to inform and support an inclusive community at Hopkins, which is why it's uh, you know racially divisive and, and all that good stuff. But the language of this definition clearly did not meet that goal. Is that what it is? So you're at Johns Hopkins Medical Center, and you're the chief diversity officer, uh, and you use the words, but you don't know what they mean. Am I right about that? In fact, she typed, because it was overly simplistic and poorly worded, you're fired. It had the opposite effect, you think. I retract and disavow the definition I shared, and I am sorry. She's very sorry. Very, very sorry kind of an amazing an amazing thing she's quite sorry very very sad chief diversity officer just extraordinary stuff extraordinary stuff yeah and end wokeness got a hold of it first but they didn't include the whole list i think they should have really included the whole list and this uh, this lady chief diversity officer she shouldn't be in charge of anything should she no she shouldn't just uh, just extraordinary She said this uh, diversity letter was about celebrating Martin Luther King. Uh, Martin Luther King Day is Monday, coming up Monday. Yeah, so for all you white, straight, able-bodied, heterosexual, cisgender, Christian males that own a car or a house or something, English-speaking, you just don't know how lucky you are. No, actually, everything's fine. Don't worry about us. It's real good. Uh, 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 uh. Hate has no home here. Unless it's hate for males, white people, Christians, middle-aged people, able-bodied people, middle-class people, English-speaking people. Those she does not like so much. She's the chief diversity officer. She's got an email An email she sends out every month. <laughs> and uh, last night we were talking about this again on uh, my Newsmax show at, uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern. And... Uh, and I expressed my resentment that I was not included on the mailing list. Why am I not on this list? We should be on this lady's list. How do we sign up for a list? Do we have to be do we have to be Johns Hopkins employees to be on the list, or can we just sign up? Because, you know. Uh, speaking of uh, diversity, Senator Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, um, made an announcement yesterday, and actually I was at Newsmax when I heard about this announcement. And Rand Paul put out a statement of sorts. Oh, yeah, by the way, Johns Hopkins Medicine also reinstated mandatory masks. 
surgical masks and all that stuff uh, because, don't you know? Now, Senator Rand Paul, he uh, put out a statement last night saying that he stayed out of the presidential race. He stayed out of the presidential race. But that's all going to come to an end tomorrow, he said yesterday. And today he put out a short video and, and people are like, well, what's he doing? Is he announcing he's going to run for president? Is he going to run like along with, uh, you know, RFK Jr.? Is he, is he going to do something political that, that's going to take everybody by surprise? And uh, it kind of took people by surprise a little bit. Senator Rand Paul, who is a medical doctor, uh, posted a video today, and, and uh, I can play the audio portion for you. Good morning, everyone. As I told you yesterday, I'm ready to say something about the presidential race. I've had a long relationship with Donald Trump, and there's a lot to like there. I'm also a big fan of a lot of the fiscal conservatism of Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek Ramaswamy's been an important voice. Also have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision, but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm never Nikki. If you go to nevernicky.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our, invent, our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military-industrial complex, $8 million being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the internet that people posting ideas anonymously. I think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like Ben Franklin, Sam Adams, Madison, John Jay, and others who posted routinely for fear of the government. They posted routinely anonymously. And I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian-leaning conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm Never Nikki. You can go to nevernikki.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki also. Thanks. Never Nikki. It's nevernikki.net. I'm uh, I why Never Nikki. I just went to nevernikki.net and uh, as Rand Paul and he posted this video of himself. He's got Never Nikki with a red line through the name Nikki uh, on the website. And yeah, yesterday I made an announcement that he was going to make an announcement today about the presidential race, and that was it. And that is pretty quirky and pretty funny. I've got to say, I don't think I've ever seen anybody, U.S. Senator or anybody else, uh, do that quite the way that Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, just did that. That is peculiar. Ain't that peculiar? But it's kind of fun, and he doesn't like Nikki. And I've got to say, I've always thought Nikki was kind of fine. Um, I liked her just fine. In the last few weeks, she has done some things, and some things have been revealed. She said that it was Hillary Clinton that inspired her to get into politics, and then once she decided to get into politics because Hillary Diane Rodham Clinton had inspired her to get into politics, she said, once I decided I was getting into politics, then I had to decide whether I was a Republican or a Democrat. And I think there is a cart versus horse issue there. I think you should know what you believe and what you think, and you should have a, have a set of beliefs that are important to you, and then you're living your life as, as you might. And you decide, you know what? I feel so strongly about these matters that I feel public service is for me, rather than, I think I'm going to go into politics. 
I'm an attractive woman, uh, American, of, of Indian descent, and I could probably do well. Uh, she's well-educated and well-spoken and uh, looks nice. And she decided, I'm going to get into politics. And then she said, gosh, I wonder if I'm a Republican or a Democrat. And then she thought about it long and hard and said, okay, I'm a Republican. And uh, then years later, she, she announces, it was Hillary Clinton that inspired me. Now, that's a pretty disturbing development. And, and once I decided I was going to get into this business, this line of work, then, um, you know, I had to decide which party I was going to be with. That's kind of, kind of crazy. Kind of crazy, I would say. But a little bit of fun, too. I like Rand Paul, too. I've always liked Rand Paul. Uh, and I don't agree with Rand Paul 100% of the time, but I don't care. I don't have to agree with somebody 100% of the time to uh, think that they're fun. You know. Uh, we've still got uh, racism at Harvard, more racism at Harvard, because... You know, that's run by Democrats, therefore it's full of racists. It's a hotbed of anti-Asian racism and anti-Semitic racism. It's your Democrat Party, and I want to get to that. But let's go to a uh, telephone call first. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Jim, calling from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Jimmy, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Uh, bottom of the morning, Chris. <laughs> morning, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine, but now I just wanted to uh, talk about these uh, non-respectful Napoleon Complex uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff guys. <laughs> you call this uh, former one thoroughly modern. I call him General Silly, <laughs> and uh, he's the guy that called his uh, Chinese counterpart and says, "We're not going to bomb you." He complained about going over to the Burn Church. Said he shouldn't have been there. I also call him Doughboy because I think he's the worst-looking guy for fitness. And he wouldn't want any of his underlings to be uh, looking like he looks. And I would have busted him to buck private and sent him out the door. <laughs> the other thing is, when we left Afghanistan, he was asked, why did we not take out all the equipment? He said, too expensive, cost too much. Chris, how many of our allies would have loved to have gotten their hands on there, would have paid our C-5A, C-17s, and their own aircraft to go in there and pick out that stuff. And if we didn't want it, why wouldn't we just destroy it, burn it, blow it up, particularly that long runway there at Bagram that can be used by, uh, you know, our enemies someday. So anyway, I just think they have a Napoleon complex, no respect. With regards to the current guy, uh, General, former General Austin, mm -hmm. Title 10 USC uh, Section 113 says, he shouldn't have even been hired. Uh-oh. I think the NSA just cut you off. Oh, there you are. <laughs> well, I say 10, Title 10, USC, number 113, Section 113, says you've got to be out of government seven years before you can come back in. But they brought him in as a DEI guy. So you get what you got. Uh, you covered a lot of territory there, and you're right about thoroughly modern Millie and uh, the catastrophe that was the Afghanistan withdrawal and the tens, if not hundreds, of billions of dollars of American military equipment left behind in the hands of the Taliban and the Russians and the Chinese and the highest bidder and, and uh, reverse engineering, all of that, and, and, and the bad guys of the world using it. And you're right, we'd had have allies all over the world that would have been thrilled to uh, take 
possession, take custody of, uh, of a great deal of that equipment. And the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Thoroughly Modern Millie, uh, did you know that Thoroughly Modern Millie played uh, football in high school? Did you know that? Well, I, I, I don't know what he would have played. Maybe he played the ball. I don't know. He, uh, he, he played, and one of his teammates was the transgender health and human services official, Admiral Rachel Levine, who's not really an admiral at all. But Rachel Levine was a man and played high school football with Thoroughly Modern Millie. Now Rachel Levine is a woman and is working at the Department of Health and Human Services as an assistant secretary uh, and is dressed in a Navy uniform and says he's a woman. Uh, but I just thought that was an interesting little side. And you're right about uh, Lloyd Austin. A, uh, you know, and nobody enforces that seven years out of government stuff. That, that's a revolving door, and, and that reg has been ignored forever and ever. Um, and Lloyd Austin, I don't think he's a bad man. I think he's a good man. He's an Army four-star. Fine, fine. Uh, but you're right. He's a DEI pick by the Biden administration for uh, Secretary of Defense because that's the prism through which they view the world. Um, that's what they're all about. Uh, but Jim, you're a well-informed individual. Um, U.S. Uh, Code 10, sub 113. Um, the law is ignored in Washington, D.C. because these are the people that make the law, right? So they don't have to follow the law. They, uh, they know better. They know better. Um, well, listen, Chris, I appreciate you taking my call. I am a Ph, not a Dr. D, but that has nothing to do with anything. But I love listening to your show, listening to it every time I can, and keep up the good work, my friend. Well, thank you, Jim. Thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate your uh, calling in and making a contribution to an intelligent conversation. This isn't MSDNC or National Panhandler Radio. Oh, we have that, you know, that's just that DNC gave us more crazy today, too. And Harvard. Harvard. I, am I going to be able to get to the Harvard? I hope I can get to the Harvard crazy before we wrap up for the day and for the week. And then I'll be uh, heading off to Newsmax for the second part of my day. Sure to catch my show, The Right Squad. Chris Plant, The Right Squad, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Newsmax Television. We try to have a lot of fun there, too. You know, with all the all the nuttiness that the Democrats provide us. We'll be right back. Now, Marty, my friend Marty points out today, the chief diversity officer at Johns Hopkins University should be fired for calling herself chief. That is cultural appropriation. Native American nations and tribes should should be protesting at Johns Hopkins. Chief diversity officer, come on. That's racist. That's cultural appropriation. She's not a chief. She's standing on stolen land. She's appropriating uh, native language to further her enslavement of native populations, and she has to be fired, I think. She's got to be fired. Al Gore, the corpulent Al Gore, is... Uh, being kicked off the board at Apple in Cupertino, California, because he has reached their age limit. This is for real. It is not made up. He's 75 years old, and so the Apple Board of Directors has kicked him off the board because he reached the age limit. Now, that is ageism. I guess he's no longer privileged. He's aged out of middle age. 
uh, I suppose. He's been on the board since 2003 of Apple. Probably, you know, like $8 million a year for Al Gore. Uh, 21 years on the board. Pretty good run, Al, but now he's 75 years old. Uh, He's going to, I don't know, how's he going to pay for his massage therapist to release his chakra? You know how he loves to have his chakra released by, you know. Uh, Also, Barbara Streisand, who keeps promising to leave the country but never does. And she misspells her first name, too. Barbara Streisand's film company. She's got a film company. She pocketed $200,000 in small business pandemic relief cash and used it to pay her gardener at her $20 million mansion. She took the taxpayer money because, you know, Joe Biden and the Democrats and the government were just throwing trillions of dollars around because the Chinese communists were playing with germ warfare and Anthony Fauci helped. And so Barbara Streisand, hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay the gardener at her $20 million mansion uh, and it's taxpayer money. They couldn't be bigger hypocrites if they set out to become bigger hypocrites. Well, I guess I shouldn't rule it out completely. And I'm not going to get to the update on anti-Semitism at uh, Harvard University, but, you know, it lives on. It goes on and on. Uh, Also, Anthony Fauci admits that social distancing was never a scientific proposition, and there was no scientific basis for the six-feet-apart thing. He, um, he admits social distancing not based on science, just sort of appeared, he said. Just sort of appeared. The social distancing propaganda. They're really criticizing science because I represent science. He represents science. He embodies science. He is science. And turns out that whole social distancing thing was not based on anything scientific at all. Completely ridiculous. He also became the highest paid U.S. government employee, making more than the president of the United States. And in retirement, I think at least most of that continues in perpetuity. Have a great American weekend. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.